Wednesday night, we're going to have a, we're going to be talking, showing a video about who were the wise men. It's Christmas time, so why not have a good time to be able to uh, address that? And uh, I was originally going to do that in a kind of a, just give the information, but they do such a good job that, hey, I can't compete with it. So we're going to, we're going to run that video. So, and like, so we're going to do that. Another other announcements, we've got a, a pop blessing that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks, so you can kind of plan for that. And uh, like I said, like Tammy said this morning, Dave Ross will be here visiting with us next week. So I don't know who the guy is, but I talked to him yesterday on the phone, and so that'll be kind of a uh, nice for those of you who do know the man and his family and that. And I guess he was here for, what, 10 years or something? I don't really know. Is that right? Is 10 years about accurate? I don't know how long he was here, but he was here a while. So that's going to happen next Sunday. So come and visit one of the pastors from the past. I'm kind of anxious to be able to meet him too because it's still here. The church is still here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's great. And that's the reality of it. I know we're a little sparse this morning, but that doesn't matter because God's still here. God's still on the throne. God still rules, and he, he's not surprised about anything that happens in our life. And I'm thankful for that. Aren't you thankful for that? And uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So tomorrow he's going to be the same God as he, wa- as he is today. And hopefully we will take that same God with us that we can sense when we come to church to worship with us throughout the rest of the week. So I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Noisy in a lot of places that we went. We went to a place that was very noisy, a lot of people around. And my son called, and he says, where in the world are you at? Sounds like you're at a party. I says, well, yeah, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> so, and so it's kind of nice to get back together with family and kind of, you know, touch base and see people you don't see, see every while, except once in a while. Of course, some of us, we're, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of your family here and to be able to with to fellowship with your own family that's here. It's nice. You never get tired of visiting with your family, especially when you get a bunch of, us, bunch of them together because I'm at the things that they can remember. And you sit there and think, how can you remember that? But they do. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> so that's good. But as you know, Thanksgiving does something else. Once it's in the past, we have to look forward to the holidays, to the Christmas season. And so it was officially underway on Friday they called it Black Friday, and uh, if, in case you didn't hear, there was a man, a uh, store person that was opening the doors that got trampled by a, uh, the people coming in, and he was killed. I meant, I, I, to me, I can't understand why people want to get out of a perfectly warm bed to get up and stand in a cold environment for hours or sleep in a tent overnight just to go the, 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 wait to go shopping. I guess you have to be a shopper in order to be able to enjoy that kind of thing. But I never have liked that, and so I wasn't there come Black Friday. I was home, and it was the safest place to be for some people. So, But some people like that, and that's fine, and that's their tradition to get up in the morning and go shopping and meet all the sales or all those kind of things. That's great. But with the approaching of the holidays, another thing happens. Of course, we have all the environment of, of people that turn into human beings sometimes through the holidays. That's what I, I say that happens because there's something about Christmas and the Christmas music and all those other kind of things that does something to people. It settles them down. It makes them into to more loving, and they're not as uh, angry at the world as they are normally. 
and they're, you know, they, you say Merry Christmas, and make sure you say Merry Christmas. Don't say Happy Holidays. Say Merry Christmas. When somebody tells me Happy Holidays, I'll say Merry Christmas, and they'll say it again, I'll say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Until they finally get to the point where, hey, it's okay if you say Merry Christmas back. We can't just allow that to just get rid of everything because that's, that's what the world is going, and, and we have to do what we can. And by saying Merry Christmas, we're acknowledging that Christmas isn't about buying things and shopping. So, but another thing that happens as the Christmas season happens is that uh, the kids are all excited. They start writing their lists down of everything that they want, and maybe we as adults, maybe we do that too. I don't know whether you write a list or not. I don't remember writing a list as an adult. I don't know. Maybe I did. I guess my husband probably know that better than anything else, but sometimes we drop subtle hints. You know, honey, I, that sure is nice. I'd like to have that. You know, subtle hints. We don't make lists. We just drop subtle hints to our family and, the, and that. So in some way or form, we, we have a way that we look forward to it. But kids are the, or get most excited. But the bad thing about Christmas is all, all the excitement, all the love and the joy that's filling our areas and all the stores and all things that are going on, this is also some of the loneliest time of the year for a lot of people. And during the holidays is, a high, is one of the highest times that people commit suicide. Because the emphasis on Christmas and family is so great and so high that uh, people think, well, man, I don't have a family here. I don't have all these things. And they start feeling sorry for themselves and start looking at their lives and looking at all the negative things in their life. And it's very depressing. The holidays can be very depressing to someone who is alone. And the elderly are especially susceptible to uh, depression around this time of year because a lot of times the elderly are away from their children, and so they don't get to spend that time with them. And so it's hard on them emotionally. And during the holidays, a lot of 911 calls to the emergency room are from people that are just lonely, and they just want somebody to talk to. One, uh, one elderly lady called paramedics to her house, and when they came in, she said, I don't really want anything, I just wanted a hug. I mean, she was so lonely and so wanted human compassion and contact that she called 911 and sent an ambulance to her house, which she would have to pay for. So someone would pay attention to her, talk to her, and give her a hug. So we as Christians need to be more aware of the people that we come in contact with. That's why it's so important to, to, to say hi to people, to say Merry Christmas to people, and smile and be happy, because a smile is contagious. Have you ever noticed that? If, you, if you're walking around or whatever and you're smiling and say, Hi, Merry Christmas or whatever, they will generally respond with a smile or say, you know, Merry Christmas to you or whatever they might say. So if smiles are contagious, and these things can kind of change the environment to, that we're in. And we're called into the darkness to be lights. And in Christmas time, there's lights all over the place. They've got all these places up in Salt Lake where people in the subdivisions, whether you've seen them or not, they all get together and they do all these light shows and all these things and back up traffic and people just drive through because they want to see the light. And they're attracted to those lights. Well, we're God's lights in this darkness. And especially at this time of year, this is the time we have in order to shine. We need to shine during the holidays. We need to acknowledge that, hey, the Christmas is for us. It's about us and our relationship with God. It, we celebrate Christmas for a religious reason. And we need to emphasize that, that point. And during the holidays, people will listen to a Christmas message or they'll let you talk about God when they won't any other time of the year. So we have kind of that doorway open for us 
in order to do that. So we as Christians need to take those opportunities. And we need to say, hey, I'm celebrating my holiday. And we need to, to emphasize that and then be aware of the people around us that may be lonely this time of year and to be able to reach out to them. And if there's people in our, our congregation that you know, are extra struggling this time of year, if we, there's a way we, we need to see if we can help them. Because they're part of our family. Usually it'll help your family. We'll go out of our way for a family member. Stranger, not necessarily, we won't generally, but for our family, we will. And so that's what we want to do. Make sure that we let the love of God throw through our hearts to our environment, to our neighborhood, to our neighbors, but especially to our Christian family. A survey last Christmas showed that over 30% of people find these holidays to be the loneliest time of the year. That kind of surprises me. So one-third of the people that we come in contact with, if this uh, survey is correct, is lonely. And the holidays do nothing but just exact, uh, make them more real in their lives of how lonely they are. And it's hard to, for them to, you know, to deal with that. So we have to be able to reach out you know, to them. Right now, everybody's struggling. And Christmas, are we looking forward to it? Or we aren't? I know this is the time of the year, especially this year, we're struggling. Everybody's struggling. The charities are struggling. They interview the people that so on, you know, do the charities, and they say, we're not getting near the people bringing things in because they don't have it. And people don't have a lot of extra this time of year. So we need to, you know, we're going to have to tighten our belts if you have kids. But we need to remember that Christmas is more or less for kids than it is for adults. So if we're struggling, we need to back up and say, hey, do I really need to buy that person a present? Do I need to buy the, all these gifts? Do I need to do all these kind of things? And evaluate everything, especially if we're struggling financially. You want to leave, leave, survive the holidays and the stress that it calls? Back up. Maybe on your gift buying. It'll save you some money. Go visit them. Make some gifts. Those kind of things can help a lot. I know when our kids were little, and we still have a lot of these things. They were in their school. They made all these kind of things. I don't know you parents. Do you remember those things that your kids made when they were in elementary school? All those little knickknacks and all those little tree decorations and all those other kind of things. Every year as I get those out, it reminds me of those times. And how. And I love those as much as any gift that I've ever gotten from anybody could give me. Because they have special meaning. There's something about a homemade gift that we just kind of, hey, somebody thought enough of me to take the time to make something for me. Instead of going and buying it, and now it's so easy to shop, you shop online, so it's so easy for us to do that, if you have the money, of course. But if we don't, we need to back off. And remember, hey, we gotta cut down our, our list. We did that when, when our kids were growing up, because as you're in a family, the list gets so big. You only have four brothers, and I have six, you know, Six kids in, our, in my family, so they had their kids, and, and then he had his family, his uh, brother and sister, and they had their kids. And all of a sudden, you got all these gifts that you're buying out, and you're spending out all this money. Stop the list. Stop it. it. Especially if you can't afford it in this day and age. People go into debt, and they're still paying for it by next Christmas. And we as Christians need to, we want to get rid of some of that stress and some of that things that we have to deal with. Let's shorten our list. Deal with our immediate family. Just give somebody a card. It isn't, if they get offended and they get upset because of that, well, that's too bad. That's their problem and that's not, and not, not theirs, not yours. Because Christmas is, a, is more about giving, not receiving. So if somebody wants to give you a gift, hey, that's fine. But we live in a society that we feel this obligation to give. If somebody gives us a gift, well, I've got to give them something back. Well, why? 
So if you want to eliminate some of that stress in your life, then back off on, on your gift, on your list. We give, um, we just get, send our family, our kids money. We used to try to buy for all the kids, but now the grandkids are getting big and the kids started getting bigger and that's a little hard. So now we just send a little bit of money to the families. You do what you want with it, we don't care. The only one we buy for is my husband's dad. And that's because he sends us money. <laughs> so it wouldn't look good to send him money because wouldn't, we wouldn't send him as much as he gives us. <laughs> so he's the only one we buy for and he's the hardest gift we buy. We probably spend more time trying to figure out a gift for him than, than anyone. So if we get in those kind of situations, you want to leave some stress and back off. Another thing that we have and we encounter around the holidays is parties, all kinds of parties. Maybe you don't have that, don't have as many those kind of commitments here as maybe as you would in a larger area or if you're involved in a, a larger church or something. But people get so burned out on going to parties. They get so burned out on trying to do all these things they have to do. They work all day. And I know what it's like. I work my whole life until I you know, retired a few years ago. So I know what it's like to work a full-time job, raise a family, to do all the things that um, a mother has to do, do all the shopping and do those other kind of things. And man, I'll tell you, if you're not careful, it just rules your life and you can't enjoy the holiday. You can't enjoy Christmas because you're so extended out and doing things. So if that's a situation you need to be in, just be selective party goers. Choose the ones that you want to go to, the ones that you really want to go to. And a lot of times people go to parties they don't even like the people that invited them. And so you waste your time and you go there and you don't even like them. And you're wasting your time there. The whole time you're th there thinking, man, I wish I was home watching the ball game. There's a good ball game on I want to watch, but here I am, la, 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 la. Well, a bit easier to just stay home and not go. So we can relieve some of the stress at the holidays by not going to all those parties that if we're invited to them. Another thing that we can do at the holidays is maybe we need to avoid some people. Do you ever have some people that you just hate to be around at Christmas, especially the bah humbug ones that just kind of do everything they can to bring you down? They don't build you up. They're not happy about the holidays, but they want to bring you down with them. Those are the kind of people we need to avoid at the holidays unless you bound and determine that you have to be there and then you have to kind of build up yourself and... and and that so they don't bring you down. Because if you're standing up on a table, and you're standing here, and you're trying to think and you can bring somebody up on there, you can't. But it's real easy for them to pull you off, pull you down. And that's what, ha what happens if we at the holiday spend, spend time with people that bring us down. They ruin the holiday for us. And we don't want that to happen. This is the, oh man, this is the greatest time of the year for Christians. Greatest time. I love Christmas time. I don't like all the commercialization that goes on, but I love Christmas because I can, you know, it just kind of opens the door to that. And sometimes it, you know, be fun just go to go to the malls and just talk to people. Hi, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season and be able to, to do those kind of things. So our focus needs to be changed. Now, stress is bad is the worst thing that we can have is stress. And this is the most stressful time of the year for, in, for a lot of people. And that's not, stress isn't good because it harms us physically. It can cause us to not sleep at night. It can cause us to lose our appetite. It can cause us to eat too much. It can cause us to over overindulge in things that we wouldn't normally do. And people that drink and, and smoke, it causes them to overdrink. And they smoke and they do all other kind of things. Why? Because they're trying to cope with the stress that's involved. 
So stress isn't good. And then when we don't rest because we go to bed and we sit all these things going through our mind and we're worrying about it, oh, well, I didn't buy grandpa a gift or I didn't buy such and such a gift, I gotta do that tomorrow, and going through all these other kind of things, we're not sleeping and we're not resting. And what happens is that's the time that our bodies restore themselves. And if we're not sleeping and we're not resting, then our body and our immune system breaks down. That's why so many people get sick at the holidays time. It's because their immune system is down because they're not resting, they're not sleeping. And then you keep doing this over and over and over again for a, we- for a week or two weeks or three weeks, whatever it might be till Christmas or New Year's. Then you're so weak that you'll catch everything. And if you go out, us, uh, us older people that don't have small children around that come home every day, we don't have a lot of immune system for the germs that the kids carry. <laughs> they get in school and everybody handles everything. And so some little Johnny comes to school and he's got a cold or he's got something going on in his life and he touches the toy and then your child picks it up and then he, he plays with it and then he brings it home and you reach down and you love your kid and hug your kid and next thing you've transferred germs and everybody in your house is sick. You notice that? Well, us older people that don't, aren't around that to build up an immune system to that, we get around and we get in the room with them. Man, we're, we're already, I call them sometimes diseased vermin because they carry so many germs. <laughs> But they're great, and they're, they're great to be around, especially Christmas time. If you want to uplift yourself during the Christmas, go around a bunch of kids. They're excited. Let their excitement just fill your soul and say, oh, yeah, this is what it's about. I want to be that excited about Christmas. And actually, we should be that excited about Christmas because we, we know the true reason for Christmas, and that's that Jesus came. Now, to deal with it, with stress, the best ways to deal with it, Psalms 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The God's word version says, let us let go of your concerns, then you will know that I am God. We gripe and we complain about so much in our lives. And it seems like the more that we gripe, the more that we complain, the situation gets worse and worse and worse. Why? Because that's what we're feeding. We're feeding our complaining. We're feeding our griping. We're feeding all kinds of things. And it's just like a disease. And you catch that, and man, pretty soon it starts infecting someone else. So if all I do is gripe and complain, then I get around Pam, and all I do is gripe and complain. Pretty soon she catches that griping and complaining spirit from me, just like a virus, and now she's left, and she's griping and complaining. Then it just spreads, and it can just spread. And that's what we do. When, what happens when we're griping and complaining? What we're doing is saying, God, I'm griping and complaining because you can't take care of the situation. That's the reality of it. And God says, stand still. We need to remember that he is in control of everything in our life. Everything. And especially at this holiday time of season, God is still in control. He didn't go hide during Christmas. He's still the same God. And he wants his message to go out. And he wants us to stand still to be able to take time, be quiet, quit our griping, quit our complaining, and just sit back and say, okay, God, I know you're in control. I know you're going to work everything out. And I know it's going to work out because you're God, and I'm not. And if I give it to God and let God, it says, what is it, uh, let go of your concerns. Let go of them. Most of the stuff we worry about or we're concerned about never happen anyway. And if we're more concerned that uncles, Sam, didn't get the gift that he wanted at that time and whatever, then we'll worry about that when it, it doesn't matter. If he likes it or not, who cares? 
You do what we do what we can do. And we're not responsible for how people react to things. All we can do is the best that we can do. And if you know Uncle Sam's going to act like that, don't give him a gift. That'll solve that problem if he's going to gripe anyway. So that'll solve that problem. Some of the things we can do. Take time to read the Bible. Hey, what a revelation. We should do that every day. We should take time out of our lives to read God's word. Especially during the holidays. Because with all this extra stress and all these extra things that are going on in our life, we need to find something that's going to give us stability. Something that's going to calm our spirit. And that's God's word. Take time. Sit down. Read the Bible. See what God has to say. Or if it's a particular situation you're dealing with, look, get a concordance and look up that word. And read the scriptures that have to do with that. And put them in your little spirit, man. So then when the stress comes and when all the things happen in your life, then it's not going to bother you as much. Take time to pray. We need to take time to pray. Because God does something when we're talking to him, when we talk to him, and he talks to us. And remember, prayer isn't necessarily just us talking to God. It's listening to what God has to say. And when you're listening, you have to be still. You have to be able to listen to what people are saying. You have to listen especially to what God's saying. So during this stressful time of year, take time to pray. Give the stress to God. And if you're stressed, I say, God, I'm so stressed over this. Just help me to calm this down. Help me to give it to you and, and take it away and not pick it up when I walk out the door. Take time to be quiet in God's presence and let him refresh you. Just like when you sleep at night, the body is refreshed. You get up in the morning... Because after you've slept, because you weren't worrying about all the circumstances after you gave them to God, you get up in the morning, you're refreshed, and you look forward to the new day. Well, that's the same thing that happens when we come to God, and our spirit is all upset and all concerned. And if we just sit there and be quiet, we read the Bible, we pray, and we talk to God and say, oh, God, I just need to be calmed down. And just sit there and rest in God's presence. And we'll find out that the stress level will just go, <laughs> calm us down. And that's what we need to do. So we can't forget all the things that we know to be true just because it's the holiday season. We need to remember those things, especially during the holidays. Uh, Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest. Jesus is the reason for the season. That's why we celebrate it. We've got to keep that foremost in our hearts and in our lives. And we've got to make sure that our kids understand that. I know when our son lived with us, for a couple years when we lived in Colorado. His kids were little. And on Christmas, you know, of course, they were like all other kids, got excited and those kind of things. But Christmas Day, we had a cake and ice cream for breakfast on Christmas to celebrate Jesus' birthday. And, man, they loved Christmas. They remember that. Cake and ice cream for breakfast. Oh, what a treat. And we made them, you know, block candles and explained to him what Christmas was all about because, every, you know, they know that when they get their birthday cake, it's for them. But Christmas is Jesus' birthday. That's why we celebrate it. And we need to instill that into our kids to make sure that they understand that. However we do that. I mean, they still remember cake and ice cream on Christmas. And they'll probably, when they get older, do it with their kids because it emphasizes the reason for the season. And if we're too busy for God, if we're too busy to pray, read his, read his word, and be still in his presence, then we're too busy. We've got to get rid of something. Whatever it might be, get rid of some of those things that are causing us all those kinds of stress. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your affection on things above, not on the things of earth. 
when we're so wrapped up in this earth and this world and the things that's going on, especially t- this time of year, no wonder we're stressed. But if we set our affections upon God and what he wants us to do, then all of a sudden these things that we're so concerned about and so worried about won't be as important. They'll just kind of fade into the darkness. I know that as we've gotten older and we look back on our lives, now all the things that we pursued and all the things that we worked for, and now we sit there and look at them and say, you know, like when I was younger, oh, a new car. Oh, man, I just love having a new car. So we got to go get a new car. Oh, it's great. Got to have a new car. So we get down there and we sign the papers and we drive that car home and we pay for it for the next three or four or five or six years. And now, you're, now you can pay for it for seven years. But we got a new car because we wanted one. But now that we're older, we sit there and think, you know, hmm, there's nothing wrong with the car I got now. It works pretty good. And I don't have any payments on it. It's, it's paid for. Oh, man, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to? Because there's something happens. That's why it's so important to get it to stay in God's word because he matures you as fast as you're willing to be matured. And all those things, it's not that big a deal anymore. If I get a new car, okay, I get a new car. But it, it's not something that is important as it was 20 years ago. It's not that big a deal to me. The one I'm driving now, it works just fine. And then when I start looking at payments, looking at all the other things, I think, you know, uh, I just shouldn't go out to dinner a couple, you know, a t- once a month or something and do something different with that extra $400 a month that they, you know, they charge, plus insurance and all the other kind of things. So we think differently when we get in God's presence and we allow him to change our hearts and change our focus because that's what it's about, God changing our focus. In the world, all you're thinking about is shopping. Shop, 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 shop. That's all they think about. Or baking. All these people that go crazy over baking. I, I'm thankful for all the people that break during, bake stuff during the holidays. Thank you. If you give some to me, it's great. But my, my opinion about that kind of stuff is I ain't getting stressed over that. Uh-uh, not me. Why should I bake when I can buy? There's a perfectly good bakery in town. Why should I go through that? So, you know, that's my, you know, idea because I'm not into that kind of thing. Some people that are, hey, it's great. Thank you. As long as it doesn't stress you out trying to do those kind of things. Psalms 4.4 says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Now, selah means kind of like emphasis. Put an exclamation part upon it. Repeat it again. Make sure you get this. And uh, so when you go to bed at night, that's a really good time to examine our hearts and to say, God, am I so wrapped up in this season that I've left you out? Because that's what happens when we get ripped, wrapped up in the things that the world's wrapped up in. And that's that we forget God and we start leaving him out. So at night before we go to bed, that's a good time to lay there and say, God, examine my heart. What have I done today that has left you out? What have I done today that hasn't pleased you? What have I done today that I shouldn't have done? And let God just look into our hearts. And when he shows something there, then, hey, get it out. Get rid of it. Say, God, forgive me for that. And if you don't have anything that day, then what a good time to just say, God, I love you, thank you, and praise you and worship you. And just pray to God before you go to sleep. Because the last thing before you go to sleep is usually what you dwell on when you go to sleep, I don't, unless you're not like me. I quit watching the, the, some of the things we watch at night, and I decided to go in and do praying at that time before I went to bed. Because the last thing you, you hear or you do before you go to bed, that's what you're thinking about while you're, while you're laying on your bed. That's what you're thinking about. Of course, we do pray before we go to sleep too anyway together but 
But if we do that and we examine our hearts and we talk to God and say, God, when I sleep, give me, let me sleep in you. Let me sleep in your rest and speak to my spirit, man, and speak to my heart and speak to my soul so that I can wake refreshed and no stress in my life because I've given everything to you. That's what we need to do. When we do that, hey, stress is stress goes away. Psalm 29, 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord will give us strength. He is our strength. He's the one that gives us the encouragements and things that we need. But we have to be able to depend on him. And like I t- taught in Sunday school a lot of times, is that God never intended us to live a Christian life with a, in our own strength and our own power. When we do, that's when we have the stress in our life. That's when we, we have all this worry and concern going on. But we're walking in his strength, and we're walking in what he wants us to do, then all of a sudden it's a lot easier to do. And God says, I want to give you the strength. I want to give you the encouragement. I want to do that for you. Why don't you just let go? Let go and let me work through you. Let go and let me do it. But we we have a hard time with that. We've got to be in control of everything. And the Lord says he will bless his people with peace. This time of the, the year, a lot of people don't have peace. That's why they're all stressed out. They're so worried about all these things of this world that they don't have peace. And peace is something that this world longs for. And we have it. We have it available to us. As long as we step back away from the situations and allow God to do it. He says he gives it to his people. When we're his people, we have that. And we need to claim it and say, God, my, little, my spirit and my insides are just being churned upside down. And you said you promised me peace. I want peace. I want that peace that you promised here. And if we do that and allow God to shine his little light there and find out why we don't have peace, then we can have that peace. The peace that passes all understanding. Because the peace from God, we can't understand it. If we try, we just can't. It's just the reality of it. And you can remain calm in an environment of chaos. You go shopping if you have to. It's amazing when God's in there and you're going through his strength. You can shop in God's strength. Did you know that? You can shop in God's strength. And actually, you can probably do better shopping because God knows what that person wants. <laughs> so why not utilize, hey, God, what should I buy such and such? You know, I want to buy something that's uplifting or whatever, if, if we can do that. But we want peace. And when we have the Prince of Peace in our hearts, we have peace, then it's going to draw people to us because if there's, there's confusion and that everything's chaotic, everybody wants to go where it's calm. And we're the calm ones in the storm. In Israel, if you ever, ever go there or whatever, their, their common greeting is shalom. That means peace. They say it when, when you, hello, it means hello, goodbye, anything, because peace is very important to them. And it's very important to us as Christmas, uh, Christmas as Christians, especially at Christmas time, because he came, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. God offered peace to this world and goodwill. It's just man that has uh, turned it around and turned it into something that... Uh, he doesn't like. So uh, Acts 10.36 in the Message Bible says, You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So God came to bring us peace. And he proclaimed it. Peace on earth, goodwill to man. The angels proclaimed peace. And we should be proclaiming peace. Peace. Peace be unto you. Paul in his things, he, in, in all his letters, he'd write, peace unto you. Peace, peace. Because 
In the environment we live in, sometimes around us is chaotic, but we need peace in here. And we have peace in here, then it's easier to deal with everything that's out there. First uh, Samuel 9:27b says, "Stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God or the works of God." Stand still. Because if we stand still and look at our lives and look at the things in, in the past and relate upon them, we can see that look at the things that God's already done in our lives, in the lives of people that we know. And lift up and remember those things. But we need to be quiet to remember them. If we're running around like a chicken with their head cut off, we don't have any peace. We're so confused we don't know whether we're coming or going. And if you ever watched a chicken with its head cut off, you know, maybe... Some of you don't get to see that, remember that, because, you know, when I grew up, they, you know, cut off the, you had fresh chickens on Sunday dinner, <laughs> and they would cut their heads off, and the chickens would run around, blood spurt and everything for a while after you cut off their heads, because they didn't know they were dead. It takes them a while to find out that they're dead. <laughs> and the world is running around like chickens with their head cut off, because they don't know that they're dead. But we as Christians, we need to know that we're not dead, we're alive, and we have peace that we can offer. That's the best gift that we can offer to anyone is Jesus because he's the reason for the season. And we have to, every opportunity, emphasize that to them. Job 37, 14 says, Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Man, you just look around you and look at all the wondrous works that God has created. And he created those things for us to enjoy. But when we're so chaotic and we're so running around, running here and there, doing all these things, we're not aware of anything. And we take God's blessing for, for granted. I remember the, the story of this couple that moved up into this one, the mountains one time, and they, they opened the doors, and they looked out over off their balcony, and it was just this gorgeous view of the mountains. Oh, it was just awesome. And they used to go out there and say, oh, man, every morning we're going to come out here, we're going to have coffee, and we're just going to be able to look at this majestic view that's here. Oh, it is just so beautiful. And every morning they would start going there and they would start looking at it and thanking God for this beautiful environment he created. But after time, pretty soon, they forgot the view because they've seen it all the time. They forgot about how beautiful it was and pretty soon they quit having coffee out there. They quit, quit acknowledging what God had created because they took it for granted. The view was still the same. The view was gorgeous, but the attitude changed. But God wants us to stand still and remember the things that he's created. Remember what he has done for us and in our lives. And when we do that, then it's easy for us to be able to say, God, you can work this out. You can do this because if you can make a tree, if you can make whatever it is that I'm looking at now, my little problem doesn't seem so fall, so bad. How would you like somebody to order, do you make a cow? And you don't have a cow or a male or female cow to make one out of. That'd be hard. <laughs> And yet, that's what we're trying to do when we don't let God in our life. We're trying to make a cow without a parent because we're trying to do it on our own. We need to stand back and say, God, you made the cow. And if you want to make one without a mother and dad, hey, you can do it because you're awesome. And look what you've done in my life. Look what you've done in the lives of my family. Look what you've done in the life of my kids. You can do that. Uh, Psalm 4, 8 says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The, uh, God's word says, I will fall asleep in peace the moment I lie down because you alone, O oh Lord, enable to me to live in securely. People, if they could just fall down, lay down in bed and go to sleep. 
That is a gift that God offers us as Christians that this world we live in don't have. They don't have the peace that passes all understanding. They don't know God. And when they don't know God, when they're laying on their bed and they're sitting there looking at it, they're looking at all the concerns that they have in their life. They're looking at all the money that they don't have. They're looking at all the things that they don't have. And they don't rest. But as Christians, it says, I can lay down asleep in peace. And the moment I hit the pill, my head hits the pillow, I go to sleep because God gives me peace. And we have peace in our spirit and peace in our soul then we can sleep in peace. And then our bodies can be rebuilt. And we can be restful. And then we can face a day easier the next day. Uh, there's a story about a uh, farmer years ago, about a farmer who lived in the uh, Atlantic coast. Now, I didn't know, you know, if you'd never been there, you wouldn't know that they had even had farms on the Atlantic coast. But evidently, they have a lot of things there. I know that we went to Pennsylvania one time. We was amazed that they had mountains there because we think that those east places and that, they don't have some of the things that we enjoy. But they had a, on the Atlantic coast, this guy had a farm. And the bad thing about having a farm on the Atlantic coast is the storms that happen and the storms that come up. And they dev can dev devastate the farm. So this farmer has a hard time trying to find help to work on his farm. And he would go out and he'd go into town and try to find people to work at his farm. And he interviewed God, man after man after man after man. Telling them, yeah, this is where I'm at and these are the things that I expect you. And we have storms and we have a lot of wind that blows. And so I'm looking for people that, you know, can work in that environment. Well, man after man after man turning down. said, I can't work in that kind of environment. I don't want to live in a place where there's all the winds always blowing. That's where we live, isn't it? Where the wind's always blowing. And, and I'm not talking about a little cool breeze, like these things put a little breeze out. No, I'm talking about storms that come through. So that was the, the problem that this guy was having. Finally, after all these guys that he went through, he found one guy that said, he sat there and he interviewed him, and he was just this little, little bitty guy, thin, not up to much, past his prime, past middle ages. And uh, he says, uh, you, know, I'll, you know, I'm going to take a job. And he explained the job to him, says, uh, Man, this is a tough environment to work in. He says, are you sure you think you can handle this kind of a job? And the guy says, well, I can sleep when the wind blows. And the guy thought, hmm, that's kind of an odd thing to say in an interview. But he needed help so desperately, he figured, well, I'll give this guy a chance. I'll give him a try to see if he can do the job. And sometimes we're placed in situations where we have to make do with what we have. And to be able to utilize that and just... Like I said, God uses the available sometimes more than he uses the gifted because the gifted aren't willing to be available. But God wants us to be available. Well, this guy was available, and he says, okay, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I'll try it because I'm desperate. And so he hires the guy, and they go out, and he works the farm. And he was a good farmhand. Man, he just worked his tail off day after day after day. He worked and worked and worked. And the farmer was very pleased with his work. He was very happy that he'd hired him. In spite of his weird comment, I can sleep when the wind blows. But finally, as the storms do, uh, finally a storm came up. And the wind was blowing, and the, all these things were happening, and the farmer got woke up in the middle of the night because it was night when the storm comes in. How many times do you know when you face a storm, it's usually in the nighttime? 
That's usually when it happens because that's when you're not as prepared as you are in the daytime. So the storm came up, and the guy gets up. He's panicking because, you know, he's got all this stuff that needs to be taken care of to batten down for a storm and everything. And so he runs into this guy's quarters, and he wakes him up. And he says, come on, get up, get up, get up. Man, the storm's going to blow everything away. It's going to devastate us. You've got to get up and help me get this stuff tied down. Well, the little man, he just kind of rolled over in his bed and pulled his blanket up over his shoulder and says, hey, I told you I can sleep when the wind blows. Well, the guy was furious. Man, he was so mad. And he wanted to fire him right on the spot, but he didn't have time to get anything. So he runs, runs out there into the farm, and he goes out there, and he goes into the barn, and he finds out that, hey, all the cows are in the barn. He went out in the fields, and all the hay was tarped and tied down. Everything was locked up and tied down securely. So, and he thought, wow. And he finally understood what the guy meant when he says, I can sleep when the wind blows. See, because the guy knew something that the boss didn't know. He already done, he did those kind of things. He took care of everything when he was awake. And he tied everything down, and he secured everything. So when the wind blew, it wouldn't devastate the farm. The cows were safe, they were in the barn. The chickens were safe, they were in their uh, hen house or chicken house. Every animal was safe and taken care of because he did it when the storm wasn't there. And then when the wind blew, he could sleep. He could sleep in peace because he took care of it. And that's a lesson that we have. I know that right now, the Christmas holidays and all that, it just looks like a big storm. But can we sleep when the wind blows? Maybe not just Christmas, maybe some other situation that comes in our life. Can you sleep when the wind blows? If we haven't prepared for the storm, we can't. If we haven't prepared ourselves inside through talking to God, through reading his word, and be able to be still and let God, then we aren't going to be able to sleep when the wind blows. And when the blow winds come, they're going to leave us full of stress. They're going to ruin Get rid of our faith. Our faith is going to die, start dying, because we can't sleep when the wind blows. But God's will that we, is that we all sleep when the wind blows. And no matter what happens during these holiday seasons, no matter what goes on, if we take care of everything we need to take care of, then we don't need to worry about the storm. We can sleep when the wind blows. And that's God's will. And that's how you survive during the holidays, to sleep when the wind blows. Because you've prepared your heart. You've prepared everything that you can. And you don't have to worry about it because God will make sure that we're secure. And we can sleep when the wind blows. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day.